giant voice. The official podcast of the United States Navy's largest overseas installation, Commander Fleet Activities, Yokosuka. All the information you need to succeed as a forward deployed sailor in Japan. Each week, we tackle one topic and speak to experts who can answer some of your most frequently asked questions. This is the Giant Voice Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Giant Voice Podcast. My name is MC Toho Telling. I hope everyone's having a pretty great day today. Today we'll be talking with uh, CFA's Victim Legal Counsel. They're in charge of keeping victims informed and making good decisions during the legal processes that are involved when some unfortunate incidents happen around base. Um, it's a very selfless and very difficult job, and I wanted to treat it with some respect, so it's not going to be very jokey, it's going to be very informational, um, and I hope you guys uh, learn a little bit about it, because I think it's pretty fascinating what they do. Yeah, today we have Lieutenant Charles Moore and Commander Jason Kanayuki on, and we'll be talking about just sort of everything they do, their processes, what it's like, and what they offer and what they bring to the table for CFE. Um It's a kind of a service that you don't need until you really, really need it. So it's important to know about it and to spread the word as far as we can get it. That being said, we'll talk about um, their phone number, uh, their DSN, and their uh, office location. So that way, if you have any questions or if you just need a consultation, they they will accept anybody. So that will be at the end of the episode. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, thank you for uh, coming on the show, guys. How, uh, how are you guys doing? Great. Happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, could I get a little bit of an in introduction from you too? Sure. My name is Commander Jason Kaniyuki. I am the Senior Victims Legal Counsel here in the Pacific AOR and we're stationed here in Yokosuka. This is actually my second tour as a Victims Legal Counsel or VLC as we like to say. Um, and so, yes, this is my colleague Lieutenant Moore. I'll let him introduce himself. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm Lieutenant Charles Moore. I'm the other Victims Legal Counsel here in Yokosuka. I've been in Yokosuka since around January 2020, fulfilling some other roles, uh, but I've been a VLC since May of 2021. Sorry, 2022. Wow, okay. So you're probably pretty experienced in all this, I assume, yeah? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so, uh, well, for me, I'm not. So uh, I, I'd, I'd love to just know what exactly uh, VLCs do. So as Victims Legal Counsel, we represent victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. That is our mission. We meet with our clients and help them understand the process with reporting, with uh, participating in an investigation, and all of the different uh, rights that are involved and options that they have and decisions that they can make to participate or not to participate um, in these different complex involves lengthy legal processes. So that's, in a nutshell, what we do as VLC or Victims Legal Counsel. Got it, okay, thank you. And um, 
I, I see it's written here that uh, there's a question here that says, are you VLCs or are you Navy officers first? And I'm curious why, why uh, you think that's something you want to ask. Yeah, so it's actually one of the kind of questions we tend to get from senior leadership, right? We, we mm-hmm. tend to have two sides on our collar, uh, Navy officer as well as victims legal counsel, uh, well, specifically JAGS, but victims legal counsel in this case. Honestly, we're both. I mean, the reality is that the mission we've been given is to support and advocate for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. And that mission was given to us by Navy leadership and really by Congress as well. And so I think when you look at it that way, any officer, any sailor who's been assigned that mission is going to do everything they can to support it and make sure they succeed in that mission, right? What's unique to us is as JAGs, that means we're attorneys. So we also have this professional obligation to our clients to make sure we're communicating with them, to make sure we're not doing anything adverse to them, to make Mm -hmm. sure we're competent to be able to give them the legal advice they're looking for, and if we're not, to get the training in order to do so. And so it's really once you combine those two elements, both us as Navy officers and us as professionals, as attorneys, as victims legal counsel, that combination is what ensures victims get the help they need and the help that they want. Thank you. And I think it's pretty clear, but in your words, why do you think your job is important? It's really important, I think, because we're empowering victims, right? Though someone who's gone through some uh, traumatic, usually one of the most traumatic experiences of their life, and they've now had to make a report, talk about it, um, relive it in a sense. And so it's important that they have a voice, that they're given back some of their power so that they can you know, reclaim what was some of what was lost and that they have a voice now what's going to happen going forward, be it uh, you know, participating, making a report with NCIS or not. And that's one of the things that we may make very clear to our clients that they're the decision makers. I may be in, in 05 and, and Lieutenant Moore here, right, is, is in 03, but we work for them. Our job is to provide them with the best advice about their case and their specific situation based on the facts of their case and on the, the law and on the Navy's rules and regulations and our own training and experience so they can figure out what's best for them. I'm not here to tell anyone what's best for them because I don't know, right? Right, right. Only they know what's best for them after they're fully informed, after they understand what all of their rights are, what all of their options are, then they can make that decision. So that's really, I think, key in what we do in helping our clients. Yeah, that's kind of something I wanted to ask too. Like that probably requires a lot of nuance, right? You know, making sure that you're not like, like, like you're making like, Part of your job requires people to relive this stuff. How do you balance that? Yeah, so that's a really good question. A lot of what we do is client-driven. So, you know, one of the things we like to share as much as possible is that when someone comes to our office, they don't have to tell us everything that happened, at least not right away and never if they never want to share that information. We don't want people to have to relive that trauma um, if they don't want to or if it's not something that will help them. What we focus on is really their needs first, right? What are they looking for? Do they even know what they're looking for? We cover those things first. And then because we can kind of act as like this dictionary, as this resource for them in a very scary uh, 
process that has a lot of unknowns and questions, we will bring up to them good topics that might be worth talking about. And then if they tell us, hey, no, I don't want to talk about this, that's kind of the end of the conversation. But at least they know it's something that's there, that we're here, we're standing by, we're able to help them. So a big part of it's in informing the clients too, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's honestly one of the biggest hurdles is just making sure they're informed and at least they have the option of getting more information if they want it. I see. I see. Okay. Um, so what do you tell commands when uh, someone goes to your office? Like, what, what are you liable to say, I guess? <laughs> so short answer is nothing in the beginning. Okay, okay. Uh, because again, as Lieutenant Moore said, everything's client driven. Mm-hmm. So unless a client gives me permission to reveal any information, we don't. All of our, conf- all of our conversations are confidential and privileged. And so we don't reveal anything about our clients, including, you know, hey, appointments, uh, appointment times, anything like that without our client's consent. Okay. All right. Um, and if you could uh, if you could say something to someone who's, you know, maybe nervous about all of this, what would you say? Yeah. So if someone's nervous or scared to come to our office, uh, I think the simple answer is, you know, they shouldn't be. It's a little bit too simple, right, though? So. Yeah. Um, but... If we go back to how client-driven everything is, the fact that we don't tell commands anything without their permission, what I'd tell someone is that they're the boss. It's a very unique situation where someone uh, who might be, you know, a seaman or E1, E2, E3, they're gonna come to an office and they're gonna have an O3, or in Commander Kanayuki's case, an O5, that they're the one deciding what that O3 and O5 are doing. Right. We don't do anything without our client's consent. And so when they come into my office, effectively speaking, like they're my commanding officer for that for that conversation. Uh, I need their approval and their consent to do anything. And if they're scared about that, they can always end the conversation early. Got it. Um, so how do you interact with uh, SAPR VA, SARCs? Uh, people like that and you know in terms of of what you do it's a good question I like to think of it as we're one big team right right? we're all there to support and and help our clients uh, through these processes and helping them again exercise their understand and exercise their rights so that they can do what's best for them. But again, it goes back to, as we've been sort of the theme here, right? It's all about consent. So that's one of the things we'll talk about up front. Hey, are you okay with me talking to the SARC sort of about your support needs and, and things that you may need that, that aren't in my lane, right? We deal with legal issues, right? Spe- focusing on NCIS investigation, focusing on you know safety. Uh, is there a need for an MPO, protective, military protective order or no contact order is the client interested in a transfer and so you know those are sort of some of the the bread and butter issues that we tackle right off the bat but you know again we're a team we try to foster that environment with uh, SARC and the VAs and so that again the client is getting seamless smooth uh, services and support that they need thank you and uh do you have any advice for leaders, uh, deck plate leaders, senior leadership? Sure, I'd say for senior leaders, um, it's really just support your sailor, right? Um, they are in the need to know. So if an unrestricted report is made, 
they get notified, right? This sailor on your ship or at your command has filed an unrestricted report and, and they're given some, some basic information about what happened. And so again, they're in the need to know. And so one of the things we do, if, they, if one of our clients uh, come to us and ask for our help, we send a notice of representation and that would go to their CO as well as to other people involved in these processes. And we're just letting them know that, hey, we're here to support you as, as the captain or, or leader of your unit. And, you know, with the understanding that there are gonna be times when they're gonna have appointments, they're gonna have things that they need to go to. And so, you know, again, we're just asking them to, to understand that, you know, again, they're dealing with trauma, whether it's visible or, you know, it's outward or inward, right? Everyone right. who makes a report, they're, they're having to deal with that trauma, with what happened to them. And so we just, really try to help them understand that. And I think they get great training as commanding officers, right? It's part of their pipeline. Um, but yeah, that's my advice really, is just to, to support your sailors, work with us, and uh, as much as we can, right? As much as we can uh, reveal or, or, or talk about. Um, and I found that many SEALs, most SEALs, are very receptive um, to our our communications and to the when we reach out and ask for help or hey you know our sailors having a hard time they need they need help in either seeking uh, mental health services or counseling services or maybe even going TAD for a little bit and and so I think for senior leaders it's just understanding kind of that dynamic that they're going to need that help they're going to need some time and really just being flexible in, in granting that for them. Yeah, it's it's a little different though when talking about deck plate leaders, and and part of that difficulty comes from the fact that when dealing with reports of sexual assault, domestic violence, the deck plate leaders may not automatically be in that need to know category. Um, when a report comes through, the people who are informed right away, it's going to be the triad. But someone's LPO, their LCPO, their DIVO, they're not going to be included in that report, so they might not know anything's happening. And if they do, uh, it might just be one of those deck plate leaders and not all three or not multiple. What I'd recommend to deck plate leaders is if you have a sailor who had the you know confidence or strength to come to you with their issue, similar message. Be supportive, understand that they're gonna have a lot of appointments, a lot of trauma that they're trying to deal with, um, and they may need support with that, but they may not want you to share that with other deck plate leaders. And so you should know that maybe that's an issue you have to go straight to CMC if it's an enlisted or straight to EXO with if it's an officer. Um, but the other aspect is if you know you find out that the reason they're going to all these appointments is because they're working with the CMC or XO to go to these appointments, you know I wouldn't take it personal. Uh, a lot of times victims have to tell so many people that they're a victim, and they don't want anyone else to know. And right, so it's right. not yeah, it's not a reflection of the deck plate leader or their leadership that someone didn't want to tell them. It's really just that individual trying to maintain their privacy as much as possible uh, in a situation where they may have already. Had to tell more people than they would have wanted to in the first place. Got it. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm curious. Could you tell me a little bit about the uh, the kind of timeline of events when you when you when you get word about a uh, an incident happening? Like like at what point would the victim start walking to your office? And what what should they expect? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when an incident occurs. 
we're actually not allowed to like go out and bother a victim to be like, hey, you should come talk to our office. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, but if they're looking to speak with our office, we try to, one, make sure it didn't check and see if there's any like immediate concerns, if there's safety concerns, um, or if there's a need for a military protective order or, any, or anything along those lines. We'll try to speak with that person quite literally as soon as they are available to meet with us. If it's something that they're not necessarily in a rush or they have other issues they need to work through first, We'll try to meet with them within that first 24 hours or as soon as they're next available. Um, we want to make sure they're getting the help they need as quickly as possible. Uh, here in Yokosuka, it's really nice because there are two of us. So almost at any given point in time, one of us is going to be available. Right. And um, what about other branches? Do, do they have VLCs? They do. So Congress has mandated that every branch of the military will have either victim legal counsel, some of the other branches call them special uh, legal counsel or special victims okay. counsel. So yes, uh, every branch of the, in the military has uh, specialized, certified, uh, trained uh, JAGs who will represent victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. And it's important to note that, you know, although we're Navy victims legal counsel, We'll see, we'll, we will cons have a, do a consult. We'll see anyone that walks in our door, right? We're not going to turn someone away to say, hey, sorry, you're wearing it, you know, sorry, sorry, airman, we're, we're not going to see you or a soldier. Um, so we your will, door is open to anybody. Our door is open to anyone. Now, we do have, there's a policy between the services that um, each service will have a right of first refusal to represent or to help their own um, service member. But mm -hmm. with that initial contact, with initial information, you know, meeting, we definitely will sit down with anyone that needs help. Um, yeah. And at least maybe try to steer them in the right direction. Absolutely. Got it. And um, I think this is the most important uh, question. Uh, how can someone contact you guys? Yeah, so uh, we're always available. We're actually located on the third deck of the CRC building, the same building that has the library right across from the commissary on base in Yokosuka. Um, you can always you can always find us there, but on one of our offices, room three three zero and room three three one. Um, we except walk-ins. We've had a few in the past. Um, but normally, people tend to get in contact with us either through email or through the Sarker VAs. So your VAs, if you have a VA, they'll be able to get in contact with us really easily because they should already have our contact information. Okay. Um, and then, uh, do you want us to give maybe our phone numbers? Uh, so my DSN is 315-243-9324. Uh, they're mm -hmm. always welcome to call, and if they'd like to just set up an appointment at their earliest convenience. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, no, we really appreciate the opportunity that you've given us to uh, speak out to the CFA community. That's one of our big uh, goals and, and uh, objectives this year is to get out there and get the word out. We've been around for 10 years now. This is our 10 year, wow. 2023 is a 10 year anniversary of the Victims Legal Counsel Program. So we're excited about that and we're excited about um, just getting the word out, getting, letting more people know about what we do. When we, we do an AOB brief every week, right? Every week we do AOB and I like to start my briefs by asking how many people have heard of us, right? We've been around 10 years. How many people have heard of a victim's legal counsel? You don't get very many hands. I get maybe 5 to 10% yeah, of the yeah. room, right? So not many. Um, so, yeah, 
our goal is to get the word out, let people know that we're here, we're standing by, you know, 24 uh, seven to assist and, and help our clients you know, through these, these again, very traumatic, complex legal processes. And, you know, it's important, I think, for them also to understand that we're here to help at any stage, right? Even if someone's thinking of making a report, right? They haven't seen the SARC review yet, they're just thinking about it, we can help them. So you're open for consultation too? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Yeah, and we're just the two victims legal counsel in Yokosuka, but the VLC program as a whole covers 27 locations around the world. So in this AOR, you know, since a lot of our sailors deploy, right, if they find themselves in Guam or Sasebo, we have Navy Victims Legal Counsel in Guam and Sasebo that can help. And then we also do remote appointments. So uh, if we're not in their location, if they find themselves uh, in a foreign country somewhere else, we can do a remote call or something like that, maybe a Teams meeting, so that. We can still answer their questions and help them. So you're saying potential victims are going to have a way forward no matter where they are? Exactly. Okay, that's good. Uh, well, I I don't have any more questions. I'm sorry this was a little dry, but I I, I figured it, it's probably best to stick to the facts, uh, try to make sure that, you know, just get the word out. It seems like a really selfless job, a really... Um, important job too and I thank you guys for being here thank you for having us we appreciate it thank you the Jaya Voice podcast is a production of Commander Fleet Activities Yokosuka Public Affairs Office the views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of the Navy or the Department of Defense thanks for listening